Hello, welcome to Borgans with Niramas. I'm Joseph. I'm here with Draco. And today, Draco, we're going to continue the top 100 lists for 2021, the 2021 edition. This is for all time, obviously. So there's going to be games from uh, way back. There's some old games on this segment, actually. And yeah, I really look forward to doing these now. We're our, This is the second of four episodes. However, next week, next Sunday, we are not doing any and then it's gonna be like a little gap and then we'll do the second two segments because in the last segment uh, we will also be joined by Andreas and Mats, our friends here on the channel so uh, we need to pre-record that one the other ones are live streamed obviously as you can see right now and we're gonna get started talking about 25 games it's a lot of games to talk about in these segments the way I made it so I better get going now in here there's also two that are newish they are back on the list. They was on the two games on this segment here today or were on the list in 2019. They sort of got pushed out last year and now they are back. Uh, so yeah, I think that's well deserved. I'm not really sure why they were pushed out last year. I've been looking at last year's list and I've been thinking like weird stuff. What's going on? I don't know how I made that list. Hey Buster. Alright, so let's get started here with the first one. So this was number 90 last year. And now it is, wait, before, why am I, okay, wait, I just need to, there we go, I needed to fix my chat, I didn't, I didn't set my chat up properly, so I do need to, I'm a noob, as you know, when it comes to these streams, I always forget, there's always one thing I forget in the setup, one or two, there we go, hey Mikael, alright, so now we are ready. To start talking about games. So first off, was number 90 last year is now 75. It's moved up a little bit. It's because I played it on Board Game Arena a bit. It is uh, Res Arcana. Res Arcana came out in 2019. I played it uh, in physical form first and then I, I remember being really confused and I don't know how much I enjoyed it. I felt like it was very confusing the first time I played it, but then when I played it a few times, and now it's on Board Game Arena as well, so I played it a bunch there uh, during the sort of last year and a half, and I really got into it. It's one of those games where there's cards that have different effects, and then as you keep playing it, you start to recognize the cards. You need to, you know, you learn the cards that way. It goes more and more smoothly, and um, yeah, these it's a really cool one. It's like a you have your deck of cards, but you don't have that many cards in it, and you don't add anything. There's no deck building. But then as you keep going, you're playing your cards in order to... Oh, come on. What happened now? Uh, why am I trying to move uh, windows in the middle of talking? What am I looking for? I'm looking for the chat. And yeah, there we go. Okay, now I have everything I need. There we go. Okay, and you see everything correctly. There we go. Yeah, so you're looking for certain synergies and combos between the cards. That That's the main thing in this game. Every round also you have a fun thing, which reminds me a little bit of actually the thing in Gaia Project, where like every round you get a certain booster or a special ability. But you only get to keep it for one round, you, you take one of these tiles and then you return it at the end of the round. So depending on in which order people pass, like if you have a tile that I really want for the next round, I gotta wait, I, I gotta keep doing things if I can 
in order for you to pass before me so that I can pick up the tile that you return, right? There's a lot of timing in this game and uh, you're like trading these resources back and forth in order to get the certain one you, you need to play your card and also to buy these like build, what's it called? I don't remember what it's called. You have these like big tiles basically in the board game with super strong effects and also end game scoring opportunities. Oh, you had a bad experience with Resarkana? I think you can have a bad experience with Resarkana. Like the first time I played it, we did random card. Uh, everyone got random cards at the beginning and that doesn't really work because I got like some, some card that was like got me bonuses for every dragon I had and I didn't have any dragons in my deck. So I think you really need to do drafting at the beginning. You need to draft the cards in order to make it work. And the rulebook says you should, but it's like the first time you play, it's like recommended to just get random cards just to learn sort of the system, learn how the game plays. Resarkana is a really fun one and that's why it's on my list. It also moved up here because I have played it a little bit uh, during the last year. Next up we have a game that I haven't played in a long while. Uh, it was 53 last year, it's 74 now. This is... I have to refresh the page every time as well. This is Mansions of Madness 2nd Edition. So Mansions of Madness 2nd Edition here is... I never played the first edition of Mansions of Madness and I don't think I want to either. Uh, it does, I mean, then you have like a dungeon master setting thing, setting everything up. In the second edition you have an app, and so you need to have like a tablet or a computer nearby. And then the app takes care of all the boring things. You have a good picture over here, I think. There we go, they have a screen on the side. So you have the pieces on the board, you have your figures moving around, plastic miniatures that are really cool with all the monsters and Cthulhu monsters and everything. And as you go, you explore this house more and more, right? I really like though how the app handles like, oh, how much damage does this monster have? You don't need to have little tokens and put them on the monster and all that. And it's also nice how the story, like the app keeps track of the story and the development and sort of the time, because you have a certain time to do things, but it's kind of hidden. You don't see how much time you have left. You just know that we've got to press on. Maybe that's the one thing I don't like about the game. Well, I, I can see it's needed to make the game work, but I always feel like I want to do everything. I want to go look at all the the interesting places, open all the drawers or whatever that's in the room, but I also know I don't have time to do that. I play this both with um, friends and solo. I enjoy it both ways. I think I enjoy it mo most more with, with the other players. Uh, I played through the base set and I played one expansion or maybe two but there's a lot of expansions for this one, so there's a lot of cool stuff out there, and you, and then you can also mix and match. So you like you tell the app what expansions you have, and that way, you could play like the first scenario, but all of a sudden a monster shows up that comes from the expansion because the app will know what you have available to put in. So it's a really good system. They also use this system in in Lord of the Rings: Journeys to Middle Earth, um, but that game is coming later on my list. I enjoy that one more, but I do enjoy this one as well. Mansions of Madness Second Edition. I wish. I could play it again at some point. We'll see if I get the chance to. Hey, Uffe. Yeah, I'm gonna walk you through my games here. I think you're gonna recognize a lot since you've been watching the channel a long time. Next up here is a game that was 54 last year. It's gone down to 73, mainly because I haven't played it and so on, but I do enjoy it. And here's the actual video. I haven't made videos for all of the games in this segment, but this is Rajas of the Ganges. So this is a worker placement game with dice that you and well you would use workers for the actual placement, but then you use dice as a resource. And 
you, it's interesting as well because you don't really. It's not just that you need high. I, I like the system. You don't. It's not just a six is not always better than a one. It depends on what you want to do. So you, you sort of reduce the resource of a die in order to place a worker to do an action to get maybe more dice or to maybe able to build buildings on your little player board. Then there's like tiling in there and a little bit of a puzzle as well. There's a lot of things going on in this game. Um, I really like one thing, and I think I mentioned this before, but I really like how this game has a... So on the side here, you can see you have like two different tracks of points, basically. You have you have money, which is the track at the further furthest out, and you spend that, you go back on that track as well. You use the money to go back and forth that way. Then you have the little half circles in gold that are sort of fame, I think it's called. And the winner of the game, this is a racing game in a sense. The winner of the game is the one that have, because the tokens start on different ends and they will go around the board. When they meet, that's the end of the game and whoever gets there first is the winner. So you're trying to not spend too much money because you need to move up on the money and the fame and have them meet at some point. That's a really cool system. I don't think I've seen that in any other board game either. Uh, I really enjoy that. I think it's a cool one because it's it creates so many hard decisions for you. Uh, is it worth getting that fame, but it would cost you money, and so on and so on. And uh, yeah, a lot of cool stuff going on here. Rajas of the Ganges. And now let's move on to what was my number 56 last year. It's down to 72 now. So it has dropped as well. Again, it's because I haven't played it and all that. And there's new games and I need to mute myself. And there we go. This is Isle of Sky. So Isle of Sky is a small game. Um, it's a, well, there's some sort of auctioning, but there's also tile laying and you're building up your own little kingdom with your tiles. And it's fun because as I'm doing here, every time you play, you have different scorings going on. So it, you get a lot of variability that way. And depending on what scoring are in play during that certain game you're playing, that depends on how, that, that determines how you're supposed to build your, your uh, kingdom up with the tiles. You know, sometimes you want to have long roads, sometimes you want to have a lot of small mountains, and so on and so on. You also have your player screens here that you, every round, you put out three tiles like this. And then behind your player screen, one of them you will remove with a little axe, and the other two you need to prize. And then everyone reveals, and then in turn order, and it will go around the table, everyone gets to buy a tile from you if they want to. It's not, it's not an auction in that sense, but you're sort of setting the price. And the thing is, if nobody buys the tile, then you get to keep it, but then you lose that as much mo that money that you put on the tile, right? If someone buys it, well, then you have twice as much money as you priced the tile for, but you don't have the tile anymore. <laughs> so that decision is interesting, and it, it creates some... It creates a lot of hard decisions as well, which, you know, you want to have in these kind of games. You want to have those hard decisions where you have to figure out is it worth it to do this or that and and how much money do i have and when i'm it's also important turn order it's a little bit like poker in this it's like if i'm late in turn order i don't want to be in a situation like if i'm early in the turn order, i need money so i can buy something before someone might buy something from me but if i'm late in turn order i hope someone will buy something from me before it's my turn but also then the thing that i want might not be there anymore so yeah it's interesting uh, i have played the journeyman expansion for this and this is one of the rare occasions for a board game where I prefer the base game as a pure game. I don't. I didn't like the Journeyman expansion. It added a bunch of complexity, and I didn't think it added too much fun. So it's it's yeah. Most of the time, I do like expansions for board games, but in this case, I I rather just play the base game of Isle of Sky.
It is a fun game. Oh, did you play? Oh, you played Idle Sky digitally? Okay, next up. It's a game that I haven't made a video for. I don't know how we'll do that. That would be really tricky. So at my number 71 was 44 last year, so it has gone down, but I still like it. It's Hanabi. Hanabi is a small card game, basically just a deck of cards. You're trying to thematic. There's no theme in this, but you're trying to make fireworks sort of the theme. The fun twist with this game is that every player has their hand of cards, but the you have the cards, you never look at your own cards. You draw the cards, but you never look at them. You hold them up so everyone else knows what you have in your hand and you know what everyone else has. Now you can talk freely, obviously. This is a cooperative game. You're all trying together to place, play the cards in the right order from like one to five. The way you can communicate is through giving hints. So if, you, if I'm looking at your hand, I can tell you if you have two cards that are value one, I can tell you that those two cards are value one. Or if you have, let's say, two green cards, I can tell you these two cards are green, but then I can't tell you the, the nomination of them. So by giving clues to each other, you're starting to figure out things, but to do to give clues, you have to spend a little token, whatever firework token, you have a limited amount of those. And to get more tokens back in order so that you can give more clues later on, then you have to discard cards. But you don't want to discard cards just randomly because there's a limited, like, I think there's a few of the ones and a few of the twos and threes. And I think there's only two fours and it's only one five of each color. So if you want to maximize the points, it can be really, really, really dangerous to discard a card, right? Because you might discard a five and then you will never reach five on that color. This few different colors here you're trying to get to the maximum point to get to five on each of them really fun game i really enjoy playing hanabi uh, there's a lot of fun moments i had with this one a lot of laughter around the table when someone messes up and forgets uh, what card they had in in what hand and so on and speaking of that here's uh, andreas <laughs> yeah yeah really fun game hanabi and that is my number 71 so let's go to number 70 it was 68 last year so it basically haven't moved at all in that sense, this is a sort of uh, classic Uwe Rosenberg here. It's Caverna. Uh, this is with the expansion as well. The what's it called? The Forgotten Folk. It's called. Yeah, I almost forgot it. So Caverna is a worker placement game, just like Agricola. This is like the follow-up to Agricola. You're still like getting animals to breed. You're still expanding the board as you go and getting more and more worker placement spots to go to your building on your farm you can grow crops they will grow and so on but you can also build in your little cave and in the cave you can you know sort of dig out some diamonds and, and ore and so on that you have used for so you can choose what you want to focus on a little bit uh, with the expansion it also focuses a lot maybe too much in my opinion i'm not sure i like the expansion because it adds a lot of cool new tiles and everyone has their own like race their own factions you could be like the trolls or the the cave whatever i mean some of them can even eat stone because they're like stone creatures i think but also at the same time it's very it's, it steers you very hardly in, in a direction so depending on which faction you are or which race you are you sort of know what you should be focusing on i mean i, I don't mind that in in one way it's it's just changes the game it becomes a sort of different type of game where instead of the normal well i can do whatever i want and this game is way more open uh, than agricola in this one you can if I just want to go and I just want to have a lot of animals, I can do that. Uh, so that's interesting in this game. You you can focus in the way you want, but then again, 
there's probably some optimal strategies and so on for this, which I, I have no idea of. I'm just playing this for fun, but yeah, I'm planting some uh, some wheat up there. Yeah, this is my Patriot Draco. I really had had a lot of fun back in the days with this. It's been a while since I played Caverna, but I could uh, I could imagine playing it soon again, and I think I would like to play with the expansion then. Uh, especially when you haven't played it for a good while. It's good to have that expansion. Or if you're new to the game, I think the expansion actually helps because it's like telling you what to do in a way. So it's not as open. It's really open world otherwise. But Caverna is cool and is my number 70. And oh yeah, you can of course play the solo as well. I'm not a favorite. Uh, it's not a favorite for me though. It's just like beat your own score. At 69 is a game that was 85 last year. Uh, I have made a video for this, which is kind of weird because it's, it's a weird game to make a video for, but I made like a tutorial. So this is For Sale, which is my f one of my favorite small filler games. Uh, it's just a deck of cards or like two decks of cards. You're buying property, bidding poker stylish with these coins, and then you're going to sell off the property and get as much money as possible to win the game. This game is so much fun. It's very quick and you can play it with basically anyone. I play this with like family and friends that are not board gamers and everyone seems to enjoy it. And, and the whole bidding process is something that people get into very easily. This is one of the games that I never really teach the game before we start playing. We just play and first round is like, what is it, 20 minutes or something. And then everyone is like, oh, I want to play it again. And the second time you play, then people start, you know, they know what to expect. They know what's going to come. And they can start forming some sort of strategy or have, have a direction uh, in what they're doing. So For Sale is a really fun little game. I can really recommend you to have this in your collection because it's so, just so, such a fun, good game to just pull out as a filler in between other games or when you're waiting for someone to join the, the game night or whatever. Uh, really good game. And it's, yeah, it's going to get a expansion, which I'm really curious to see. I hope it doesn't add too much because I like the swiftness and the... Uh, you know, the quick, quick little gameplay in this one. I don't want to add, want them to add too much, but I always like expansions, so I, I'm curious to see what that is. And Andreas disagrees with this rating. Do you think it should be higher, I assume? <laughs> I think 69 is pretty high on my top 100, but okay. Uh, next up is my 68. It's a game that Andreas loves as well. This was 99 last year. I thought it was going to drop off, but then I thought about it, and I really want to play it again. It's so much fun. And I look forward to playing it again. Let's see if Board Game Geek can load. Here we go. XCOM the board game is actually beating for sale this year. XCOM the board game is a... I played this once with Andreas. I don't know how much you liked it. But it's so much fun in my opinion. It's like a, this is a real-time game. I usually say that I'm not a huge fan of real-time games. But this one I do like. And I love the XCOM. The whole, the whole universe of XCOM is cool. With the whole aliens invading and you're fighting them off. And in this one, you're... Everyone, you're supposed to play four players. You can play with fewer players. I even play the solo, but it's crazy. Um, I was considering making a solo playthrough on the channel or with Draco. Um, I do, this is not a good game for Draco, though, because you need to move around quickly and like handle little uh, tokens. And Draco has a hard time with that with his dragon paws. So in this one, like everyone has a role. You're four, four people, everyone has a role, and you might be the financial manager or whatever it's called so you need to make sure that the money adds up you need to pay for the for the fight you know air airplanes to fight the ufos you need to pay for the soldiers going on missions 
and everyone's doing it at the same time. And this, this app is going, you need an app for this, by the way, and the app is like stressing you out with music and the timer ticking down and, and you need to decide really quickly. But then when you resolve things, then the app takes a break and you can roll dice and discuss strategy for the next round and everything in peace. But then you have this phase where it's stressful, which is so much fun. Um, yeah, this is, this, is, this is really cool. It's really hard as well. And I love those decisions. Uh, one of this, <laughs> one of these uh, roles, I can't remember which one, like a commander or whatever. You get like, the app will tell you, select a crisis. You draw two cards from a crisis deck and you have like six seconds to decide which one do you want to take. They're both bad. Ah, it's so much fun. Yeah, yeah. This is like a convention game for me. Uh, this is not something I I want to sign up. Like, oh, let's meet on Friday and play this. It's more like you know, at the end of a convention, everyone's tired, and then getting a stressful game in there is just so much fun. People laughing and all that. Yeah. So XCOM, the board game, still on my top hundred. Uh, to my own surprise, in a bit. Next one here, sixty-seven was fifty-two. So it's just gone down a little bit. It's just because I haven't played it and so on. It's Stefan Feld. And it's Amerigo. So Amerigo is one of my favorite Stefan Fell games. Uh, this video is really old though. And for some reason I had a burnt sheet on this. Uh, anyway, you have this really cool cube tower there. So every round you drop these cubes into the tower. Some of them will get stuck in the tower. Most of them will come out. But when they come out, when you drop them, you will also push other cubes that got stuck earlier in the tower. So they will come out. Depending on what colors of cubes come out of the tower, that's the actions you can do for that round, because there's, what is it, seven, six different actions? And then a wild card, so six different actions, and depending on how many, how many of the main color comes out of the tower, that's how many, so how strong power you can do that action in. So you're trying to explore this, like, Caribbean islands area, you're trying to build outposts, you're trying to gather these, like, tobacco, like, like goods and resources to score points, and... Yeah, it's so much fun, <laughs> and, and the main, and then the main tricky thing here is you have like a Tetris style puzzle. So when you're building buildings, let's see if I can fast forward a little bit. This is when we actually build something. Uh, let's see, here we go. Then you're gotta place them out on your island. You're trying to like get your own island and have have it everything built on it. I don't know what we're doing in this uh, run through. It's been four years. I don't know. We're not building anything so far, it seems. I'm probably explaining stuff very slowly back then. I don't know. Anyway, really cool game. Can really recommend this one uh, if you haven't played it. I think there's some people that miss this one. I think the tower there is, you know, it looks like just a gimmick, just like a fun thing. But the actual gameplay is a solid, you know, midweight Euro uh, with a lot of interesting decisions and a lot of fun interactions in the game as well, where you're trying to rush to, like, build on your island and then someone else might come there and like block you and yeah there's a lot of fun stuff going on with Amerigo. So next up we have a small card game again so this is number 66 this was 74 it's gone up a little bit because I've been you know in my mind again I want to play this soon this is High Society which is a uh, Reiner Knizia game with just a deck of cards it's an auction game you're trying to auction on I don't know like these fancy people this is an old game as well, uh, 1995, that's what I mentioned at the start of the video here. I have a really old game on the list here, or on this segment. And what should I say about this one? You're, you're auctioning every round, you're like, oh, how much do you want to bid on this card? And someone else gets to bid and whoever. 
bids the most get it. There's also this like reversed auction. So if you draw a negative card, then everyone bids to not have to take that card. And whoever, whoever bids the least has to take the negative card. The fun twist to this whole system as well is that everyone has this solid uh, nominations of money. So you don't have, you don't get change when you pay. I don't know if yeah, there's the money. So basically everyone has like a value five bill. Everyone has like a value eight bill. So, and when you used it, it's gone. So it's like you get stuck in situations where you have to pay more than you want to or all that. It, it, it's interesting. And at the end of the game, at the end of the game, whoever has the least money left, whoever spent the most money, is out of the game. <laughs> so you can't just like, oh, well, I'll just put in a lot of money. I'll win the good cards. I get all the points. No, because then you might be out of the game. So you got to balance that with everyone else, which means there's a little bit of memory as well, where you're like, okay, I remember that he used his, you know, he used his 20 bill earlier here. So he doesn't have that. He probably just has his 15. And then I can buy, I can bid 16 to beat him. In most of these games, there's a bit of a memory element in there, right? But it's really hard. I mean, you can play five, five players, then it's really hard to keep track. Really interesting game. Yeah, I really, I really want to play this soon again. High Society. Next up is a game that I know Andreas uh, does love, and he's gonna think that I have it too low on the list. This is 65 Flamme Rouge. Uh, it was 65 last year, so it's staying ex in the exact same spot, uh, which is in a you know that means that it's gone up because there's new games added on top of it, right? Yeah. So we're, I really enjoy Flamme Rouge. Uh, Flamme Rouge is a racing game with uh, you're riding bikes, you have two of these and you have to balance it back and forth so you're like which one should I go the fastest with, you also have this draft or whatever it's called so if you're like ending your turn behind someone then you don't have to take the like exhaustion because the wind and all that uh, which I guess is sort of realistic. I'm, I don't know anything about real uh, bicycle racing to be honest. But this one is really fun. The way it works also is really fun. When you have two decks of cards, you have one for each of your riders. And every round you pick one to use. But when you use it, it's gone. So you can't just, like, if you use your strong cards early and you can rush, uh, get into the lead. Which, you know, that could be problematic because then you take all the wind and then you get exhausted. And then later on, other people have saved their good cards and they can use those later on instead. With the expansions, there's, like, weather. There's, like, uphills and downhills and... Uh, all, all those fun, fun things you can also do like some sort of racing campaign which i haven't tried but i really would like to um yeah really enjoy flamme rouge uh, it's, it's a good racing game next up we have 64 this is a board game classic for sure and there was 57 last year but it's gone down a little bit i played it a bunch actually not a bunch i played a few times on board game arena uh, last year this is seven wonders seven wonders I think by now it's one of the games that most board games have played or you know heard of at least. Uh, I really like the Seven Wonders Duel, of course, which is the two-player version. But this is the normal Seven Wonders. But I do like it with like leaders and the cities expansions and extra wonders. I even have a play mat for for this here uh, on the video, as you can see. And what you're building up your wonder, basically, you're trying to build your wonder. You're trading with your neighbors. This is one of those cool games where you can be seven people and everyone's playing simultaneously. So. The game is not that much longer if it's seven or if it's five or if it's three, which is interesting. Uh, some people don't like that, I know, but I, I really like that. I'm, I'm just like fighting like the war part where I'm building up my military strength. That's just compared to my two neighbors. There's also an expansion of this called Armada that I don't really like. Uh, I wasn't a big fan of that because in that one you're like fighting everyone. 
And this it just adds too much. It's like slows down the game. I like this game to be quick and easy and just boom, 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 back and forth. Everybody knows the game and it goes smoothly and, you know, pretty quick to play. And again, it's one of those games that are really good at catching like six or seven players. Uh, so I do like it. It is a solid game. Yeah, there's a new one. The Seven Wonders Architects, right? It's a new game, which I'm not really sure. I think it's like a streamlined version. It's like an easier version, right? Um, I, I haven't really tried that yet. I think it was released at Essen this year. But yeah, Seven Wonders. And there's, there's the Penguin and the Draco Meeple. Uh, Seven Wonders is a good game. Next up, we have... Uh, oh, I know Bjorn doesn't like Seven Wonders. Next up, we have the 63. We have a deck builder. And you know, you do know I like deck builders. This is uh, one that is fairly low on the list, I must say. But I, I do enjoy it. It's Dale of Merchants. And this is Dale of Merchants 2. is the one that I played the most. I also had the collection for a while. And then I played that. Um, I haven't played the first one, but it's like there's a collection game. So you can put like one, two, and three together with the collection box and everything. It was kind of weird because they, they a few years ago I got the collection when it was released for like a playthrough, but the collection box didn't have that much in it. So you needed like the first, second, and the third game or something to add into there. And so I never made a video for this, um, but I do like it. It's it has all these. It has like different sets of animals. So that you're building up your deck with. And depending on what sets of animals you have in, you get like more or less aggressive or more focused on different things. They all have special abilities. They have a value. So you can like use them for money to buy new cards. And then there's lots of abilities. I can't go through them, of course. Uh, some of them are more like uh, randomized based. Like some of them actually uses a die as well. And some of them are more straightforward or more or less complex. And the interesting thing in this one is that to win the game, uh, you have to like use your cards. Yeah, this is a racing game as well. And you have to like use your cards to, so let's say you, like you have a, a number one. On your turn, instead of using the card for an effect or buying new cards and all that, you can put it into your stall. I think it's called like market stall. And then you first time you do it, you need to put a one. Next time you need to have a two or a combination of two ones to, to reach two. And then you keep going. I think it's to eight or something. But the highest card is five. So then you need like a five and a three of the same color to put down. And whoever puts down their like eight stall is the winner. So it's like a racing game. Uh, and there's it's a lot of like, you need to pay focus to what the other players are doing. Like if your opponent over there is like, oh, already at number five, you're like a number two. You need to, you can't just sit around the deck build. You need to actually... Start placing down cards in your stall. Problem is, if you place them down, then you don't have them in your deck anymore, and they might have good effects. A lot of interesting decisions in that sense, and I think it's an interesting design. I, I don't think I've seen that in another deck builder, and I really like it here in Dale of Merchants. All right, 62 is a game I haven't played in years, but it's still on my list because I had so much fun when I played this. I had such a good memories of this, and I do want to play it at some point again. This is Inish. This is a deck drafting game, so you're sending your know, card drafting game. You're sending cards, you take cards, looking at them, just like Seven Wonders. I didn't mention that, but uh, you send them forward and really huge, nice tarot-sized cards that have different actions on them. And then you play out the round using those cards and you have a lot of dudes on the board and you can build buildings and so on, take over different areas. Depending on which areas you have, you get special effects. And then what you're trying to do is to reach one of the three different like win conditions. And there's a lot of interaction in this one where, of course, you'll be fighting each other and so on, but you also need to be very careful, like, 
if someone is getting close to a wind condition, like having certain amount of areas and so on, then you might need to like attack them to make stop them from the happening. Uh, this is normally a game system I wouldn't I don't enjoy that much because there's a lot of like oh so you're in the lead well everyone has to go after you I don't like that but the thing is though it can look like you're in the lead and everyone starts going after you but actually I'm sitting there and I'm building up and I'm ready to just explode and take over uh, the win by surprise a little bit like Game of Thrones the board game in that sense but this is way you know easier to handle less complex and and quicker game. And I really like the draft in this one. The draft is really good. Uh, <laughs> this is not something for Andreas there. Yeah, so really nice one here. Inish, I, I had a good time playing it this uh, back in the days. Next up is a game that I only played a few, uh, I played like two times or something, I think. Taverns of Thief and Tall is my 61. It was 78 last year. I really want to play this again soon. This is more of the of those. This is not one I played a lot. This is one I really want to play more of. This is a uh, drafting game, but you draw dice, and you draft dice to do different actions to activate different parts of your little tavern. And you also have like visitors coming to your tavern. They have different needs. They want certain kind of food or drinks, and that's basically represented by the die values. And then you get paid if you serve them. You get money and so on. Really cool in this game is that you're building up your tavern. So I think you can see it on the picture here is that it's actually modular. So you're like removing parts, cardboard pieces off your tavern and putting in other pieces or flipping them over to, to like upgrade uh, pieces of your tavern. You can make your like barmaid better. You can have a, like a more tables and all that. Uh, so you can serve more guests. Really fun little game. Uh, this came out a few years ago. It was really popular. And I think there's also an expansion out or is an expansion coming i'm not really sure i really want to play this soon again i have a friend who owns it so i hope to do that yeah this year it was an expansion and it's only gotten a few ratings it's probably really new then maybe it came out at essen i'm not really sure so thames of thief and tall i really recommend that it's like fun little midweight dice drafting euro game Next up, we have a game I played recently, actually. Number 60 was 32 last year, so it's gone down. And part of that is because I have played it, and I felt like it was too long. And I don't know if I liked it as much as I remembered liking it. I feel a bit done with this game, in a sense. It's still in my top 100. Concordia Venus is the name of the game. Or Concordia. I put them together. I played Concordia Venus recently. Two versus two versus two. You play them as a... That's a team game in Concordia Venus. <clears throat> you don't have to play that, but you can play it normally as well. Concordia is a fun game. It's it's a solid game. It's just that I feel like I, I've done most of the things in the game, and I try different strategies, and I feel a bit done with it. You're building out your buildings here. It has a really cool card system. I really like the card system where you sort of deck building in a sense. I know there was a big debate with Rado recently. He called it a deck builder and people got upset because this is not a deck builder. And I kind of agree with Rado. It's in a sense it is a deck builder because you buy new cards as you go and that makes your deck better. However, it's not a deck builder in the sense that you have a discard pile and when it's when the discard pile is full, then you shuffle it up and it becomes your deck. You don't do that. But you instead you play a card and it sort of gets stuck and then you play another card and it gets stuck. And then you have one card that lets you pick up all your cards so that they're back to your hand and you can start playing them again. Which is a fun system. Uh, again, Game of Thrones, the board game, has that as well. Uh, there's you know, some other games that has that mechanic, which I think is really fun for a card, card handling game. 
Now, the, again, the only downside I would say with the Venus on six players was maybe it's a bit too long. But most games on six players will be a long game, right? So playing this on three or four, or three is actually my favorite player count in all the board games. Three or four, um, it's okay. I would also like to play it on two. I haven't played it on two yet. There's like different maps for it. There's like a Britannia map, I think, that is, is very small. And you're playing just two players against each other. I think I would enjoy it more that way, actually. In general... Three players is the way to go, people. I don't get why people uh, insist on playing board games on like five or six players. Just split up and do two, three. That's more fun. Okay, so that is Concordia Venus. Next up is a really fun game here uh, that I played on Board Game Marine actually as well. I thought it, I, this is way more fun in real life though, I must say. Cult Express. This game is so much fun. This is like chaos and... It has a 3D cardboard train. I mean, just, just I love those kind of 3D cardboard stuff, right, in board games. It's so cool. You even have little cardboard cactuses and, and stuff that you place just for fun uh, next to the train. So you have your deck of cards. You have a special ability, basically, depending on which character you are. Uh, you're all trying to rob the train. You have your little meeple. And you're programming your actions. It's a really fun programming going on in this game where uh, you choose a card that you from your hand. This is... Uh, this is handled like a deck builder, but you don't add any cards, but you have a discard pile and a draw pile and you shuffle up and all that. And then you place it down, but you place it down face down most of the time. So nobody knows what you're going to do. And then someone else places their card and you go around the table and you keep placing cards in a pile. And then you flip it over and then you resolve it in that order. So you got to imagine in your mind like, okay, I'm going to go to the right, then I'm going to climb up to the roof, then I'm going to shoot at that guy. And, but when it actually happens, that guy might not, nobody might be there to, for you to shoot at because they already moved down from the top of the roof. This is very interesting. You you put up this situation where everyone programs their actions and then you resolve and you all it always you always get some funny situation where, well, I was planning to pick up a some treasure from the floor or whatever, like you know, steal some some gold or whatever. But it's not there anymore because someone already went in there, picked it up, and moved out, and now it's my turn. Like, yeah. Fun chaos, and really enjoy this one. There's a bunch of small expansions as well. I haven't tried all of them, but Cold Express is also on Board Game Arena, so you can try it out there. It's way more fun in real life, though, because you get a cardboard uh, 3D train, you know, uh, obviously. All right, my number 58, 58 has gone down from 20, so this is a big drop. Uh, maybe be the biggest drop downwards, I don't know. I'm not sure. This is Glenmore 2 Chronicles, so... I you know I like the game still. It's fifty eight. It's not bad. Fifty eight Glamour Two Chronicles. It's a oh how should I explain this game? I don't know what the main mechanic really here. It's a tile layer, but then when you lay your tile down, you also activate all the tiles that are around that tile. So and then you get to activate tiles. You can get resources and then use like you can get cows and you can slaughter the cows and. You're building up resources in order to the main thing you want to do is like you want to travel on this board up here you want to travel between the scottish highlands and and sort of activate different abilities to score points at the end of the game or get special things going during the game it's such a nice production this game as well super good production uh chronicles part of it is that you have a bunch of like mini expansions in the game that you can activate and play with to make the game different every time we play and um it also has the main what's it called I don't know what the name for it is really, but when you, your little meeple there, he's going to, whoever is last in turn order gets to act. And you can go as far as you want on the circle up there. So you can get like whatever tile you want, but then if you go really far, then the players behind you can do a bunch of turns before it's your turn again, because 
it's always the guy in the back that gets to go. I don't know what that's called in like board game mechanic terms. I don't know if you guys know that. So, so Glenmore has that, uh, and this Glenmore 2 as well, of course, here. I never played the original Glenmore. So you're moving around, you're trying, you're picking up tiles, you're adding them to your kingdom, you activate tiles around wherever you place it. But then you also need to, like, the scoring in this game is pretty cool. Like, every round, I don't remember how many actions it is, but, like, when every round, you will compare things. So you can't just have a bunch of whiskey. You need to, like, because you will score the difference between your the one who has the most whiskey with the next player, and then the next player will score compared to the third player and so on. So you need to diversify in different things that you're gathering, and you also need to... It's very... This game has a high interaction in that sense, because you're always keeping track of how, how many things the other players have in order to be able to score compared to them. This compar comparison scoring is really cool in this game. I, I, I really enjoy that one. And again, I like the Chronicles part as well, with different, like here we have the Haggis cards, so you have another way to score points. Some of them are more random, some are more stream, you know, streamlined, uh, planning strategy, some are more tactical. Uh, really good game though. Uh, Glenmore 2 Chronicles, I do want to play this soon again. Alright, next up here is 57. This is new on the list, well it's not new on the list, it was on the list 2019, then it fell off and now it's back again. And it's all the way up to 57. This is Carcassonne. So basically I, I put this together in one big... This is Carcassonne Hunters and Gatherers that you're seeing here. But uh, I put all the Carcassonne games into one spot. And, and I had Carc Carcassonne Hunters and Gatherers. This edition is new for this year. Uh, but Carcassonne, I had it on the list 2019. So I really like this one though, Hunters and Gatherers. I think it's my, it's my favorite version of Carcassonne that I played. I think... I mean, I like it sort of more than the original in a sense, even though the original has its charm and all that. And this year they also released a like 20 year anniversary edition uh, with glossy tiles, which was really cool. I do like having that one. So in this one, it's the same thing, but like instead of roads, you have rivers and you, you instead of like you're hunting animals um, and so on, instead of uh, farming the sheep, Instead of cities, you have these forests, and when the forest is complete, you get your meeple back and you score for the forest. But you also have some cool special tiles that you can only gain by completing a forest that has one of these, like, um, these big rocks in them uh, that I, for some reason, forgot the name of right now. They're in Draco's Adventures as well. Draco, what is the, what's the name of the big rocks that you like from uh, Asterix? I don't know. It just slipped my mind. I can't recall the name right now. Anyway, uh, so when you complete that, you get to you get to draw a special tile, and that's really fun. That's a fun addition to the game that normal Carcassonne doesn't have. So really like Carcassonne and Hunters and Gatherers, uh, really cool one. So that is my number fifty-seven. Now let's go to fifty-six. This is also back. Fifty-six was on the list two thousand nineteen. It fell off and it came back all the way up to fifty-six because I did play it since then. Uh, this is Pandemic Fall of Rome. Pandemic, and it's not like all the pandemics because I like this way more than I like normal pandemic. Normal pandemic wouldn't make my top 200 I think because I don't like the theme. We're all living in a pandemic and I like pandemics. So this one though we're in uh, you know uh, Rome which is really oh men here men here is the name of course it's a men here men here is the name of the huge rock that I already I even put in my own game and I forgot the name of it. There we go men here <laughs> that Obelix likes to carry around or Bautasten in Swedish I did remember that. Anyway pandemic fall of Rome at 56 here 
this is pandemic, but it's in a other theme and another setting, and I like how it's also it has some logical changes. Like instead of oh diseases just pop up, you know, here the actual barbarians, which is the cubes, the the, the barbarian tribes, they have to sort of travel from wherever they come from, and they all try to get to ransack Rome, and if they do, then you lose the game. So you can see these lines. You can sort of prepare. Okay, they're probably gonna come. Then you know they're gonna come this way. So you can build like outposts, you have your little soldiers place out, you even have some dice rolling, which is weird for a pandemic in that sense that you're like fighting. But I really enjoy it. Every character has their special abilities. Someone is good at fighting, someone is good at like controlling the uh, the event deck and all like the play card deck or the, the infection deck or whatever it's called in this one. Um, yeah, this, this game is really fun. I, I had a lot of fun with this and I like... I like it more than usual pandemic. I am excited to see how the Rat of the Lich King pandemic, the World of Warcraft version, is going to be. It's it's coming out just soon here. I'm, I'm getting a copy in just a few weeks, I think, from Asmodee. I'm going to make a video for that. I really look forward to that because, you know, World of Warcraft, I love that that universe and that theme. And then mixing that with pandemic sounds awesome to me. So, uh, yeah, I like these kind of weird pandemics. I would say I like them more than normal, regular, boring pandemic. Okay, next up, 55 has been on my list ever since I played it. I think this is the Networks. Uh, the Networks were 38 last year, so it has fallen. I haven't played it. Uh, this is a card drafting game, which has a... I really like this type of card drafting, where you're every time it's your turn, you're picking one of the cards out here, and they do different things, of course. They have different effects. You're running a TV network, so you're trying to put ads on your shows. You're trying to put on shows that will get a lot of views. Views are your points in this game. Uh, this is an old uh, run-through with some uh, really bad glare on the cards there. Why did I have sleeves on the cards? That wasn't matte. I don't know. Anyway, really fun game. Uh, really thematic. Really funny, in a sense. Like, the shows have funny names and, and all that. And the you have, like, stars that you can get to your shows. And they, you know, they are, like, a satire on real actors or whatever or real tv personalities it's really fun there was a two-player version of this that came out this year i haven't tried it yet uh, but i've I taken a look at it and i know some friends have played it and I, i'm not that excited about it because that's more of a tug of war i think or more i don't know two-player because the main thing that i really like about this game mechanically is the whole like card drafting we're like oh i really want that card over there but i also want that one but i know it's your turn and you're probably going to take this one so should I take it right now then? Reminds me a lot of Nations, which is another game that's going to come higher up on the list, uh, which has just open draw. I, I like that. You, or open draft, where you're drafting cards, but it's all open. Uh, there's no cards in your hand hidden. You can see what's out there, and you know uh, someone else can grab it. Yeah, really good game, really good theme. Uh, the Networks really deserves to be on 55. Uh, might not even drop anymore, might stay here. Better than this, though, at 54... Is a game that has was yeah it's been on my list for a long time as well. This is Automobiles. This is one of my favorite racing games. Really enjoy Automobiles. This is not really it is a racing game as a theme, but in its base it is a uh, deck builder or actually a bag builder. You're building up cubes in a bag, and then you're using the cubes to race out on board. And I played some Board Game Arena as well uh, recently. It works okay there, even though I like it more in real life where you're actually putting the cubes out. And I, I think it's more. It feels better. It's one of those games I really prefer as a board game. Um, but yeah, you very classic deck, deck building formula here from Dominion, basically. Like you're drawing every time, every turn you draw new new cubes. 
Then you can use the cubes for different things. You can sell the cubes in order to buy new cubes, and then they go into your bag. And then when your discard, well, when your deck, your bag is empty, then you mix up your discard, and then you start drawing again. Uh, really fun, and I really like this racing in this game. There's different kind of combinations you can get, like. As you keep going, you will also build up wear, which is the brown cubes. They're really bad. They don't do anything for you. So you need some other cubes to clean out, like fix your car, like pit stop, right? You need to fix those brown wear cubes. Uh, but at the same time, if you really want to go quickly or uh, really fast on the track, you probably will pick up some wear as well. Uh, it is better than Flam Roche, though. <laughs> I really like automobiles. Uh, you can even play this as some sort of campaign as well. I've never done that. I, I really want to do that at some point. Uh, really enjoy it. All right, next up we go to a two or three player Euro here, Fields of R. This is Uwe Rosenberg again. Uh, he was 43 last year, it's 53 now. And so yeah, you know, it's not a big drop. And this is a, well, it's a two player game in its base. Then there's an expansion that makes it a three player game. I never played it on three though. I want to try that at some point, but on two it's excellent. You know, it's, it's such a good game. It's a, you're doing all the classic Uwe stuff. You're getting animals, you're farming, you're building some buildings to get new, you know, abilities or score points. But the way you're doing it, it's, it's very different from like Agricola and so on. You're doing worker placement out on this huge board here. But you're doing like, you have a winter and a summer season. So when you're in the summer season, you can only do the summer actions, except one player once can do an, a winter action. Uh, but if you do it, then the other player will become the first player in the winter. And vice versa. And you're also trying to build these buildings that are on the side here. And you need resources to do that. But to get resources, you can also upgrade your actions. Which is a really cool thing in this one. Uh, that I don't think exists in any of the other. Like not Caverna or Agricola. They don't have that in that sense. Here you're, you're sort of upgrading so you get better at collecting wood. And then you do that first. And then you're collecting wood. And then you're using the wood to build a building and so on. Uh, yeah, really, really cool two-player game. It's it's a like longer, more invested, deeper two-player game than most two-player games are. Most of them are very quick and, and easy going, right? But this is a real like midweight Euro in two-player mode. Oh, it's one of Mika's favorite games. Oh, you played it at three. I really want to try it on three. Um the cows have spots, but you know what? My cows in Agricola also has spots because I actually painted the cows. <laughs> you can do that. <laughs> okay, so that's the number 53 Fields of Arl. Uh, 52 is another two-player game. So let's move on to 52, which is a straight-up two-player game. And this is Targi. This I really enjoyed. I played a few times in real life. I played it a bunch on Board Game Arena. And Targi is an excellent two-player game. Uh, this basically a grid. Let's see if I can get a picture up here. So you have a grid of cards that you place out. The, the edges are always the same, but in the middle they will vary during the gameplay. You have three workers or three pawns, three meeples. And when it's your turn, you place them either on the outside, either as you can see here, either on like a, a column or a row. And then you will get to do the actions or get the resources or whatever of the two spots that intercross. So as you can see in this example here, the blue player has placed one here and one here, which means he gets to do this action. He also placed one up here, which means he gets to do this action because this is where this guy and this guy inter you know, intercross there. 
So you get to do like two different actions. You can do them, and then you get to do the actions of the actual place you placed on as well. Like you can pick up some salt over here. So you need resources to buy certain cards, and then you build up your cards. It's also a cool system. Let's see if I can find a good picture of that, where you're building up your little grid of cards. And it's tricky with board game geek photos because I haven't really prepared this, which I could have done, I guess. Here we go. Here's one. So you, you have these three different um, rows that you're building on. And then you kind of want you want to build sort of... This is from the expansion, I think. This is an expansion that I haven't played. came out last year. So you, you want to have like camels. You want to have multiple camels in the same row because that you will score more. Or you want to have different types of cards in that row in order to score. There's a lot of interesting... Um, a lot of interesting tactical decisions in this one, and it's like back and forth, and you're trying to like block your opponent, but you're also trying to get whatever you want. Uh, excellent, excellent game. You can play it on Board Game Arena. Uh, if you haven't, you should go try it out. It's it's fairly simple to get into, but then there's a lot of depth to it, like different ways to play it and, and adapt to how your opponent plays and trying to block them and, and all that. Really good two-player game, Targi. No, I haven't tried the expansion. Uh, I don't know if they if that exists on board game arena. Uh, I do would like to try that one. Okay, and then we have uh, another game that was on the list 2019. I'm not sure why it fell off. It shouldn't have. I don't know why it happened last year. I don't know what what I did last year with my top list. This is one of my favorites when it comes to small games that you can play with anyone. This is Diamant or Ink and Gold, as it was called as well, I think. I haven't. Uh, I, that's the version that's on Board Game Arena. You can play Ink and Gold, I think. But it's the same game. This is a uh, push-your-luck game. I play this with, like, family, and it's so much fun. You're basically... You have your little guy. Let's see if we can get some good picture of it here. Uh, you're going into a dungeon, and you do this five times during the game. You go to the dungeon. Why isn't there a photo of the actual... There we go. Oh, this is from some computer. I don't know. Anyway, so every turn you place out a new card, everyone uh, gets to like you. You go there, then you get to decide: Do you want to continue in the dungeon, or do you want to go home? If you go home, you secure your little gems, and you get to place them in your little cardboard uh, treasure chest, which is also cool. This little cardboard chest, treasure chest that you have in your player color. And if you keep going, you might get more riches. But then again, there's also scary things like spiders and, and lava or whatever in the dungeon. So if you draw two of the same uh, dangerous thing, like two lava cards, then everyone who's still in the dungeon will lose all their treasure that they um, are carrying at that moment. So you need to push your luck. And I like to push my luck a lot early, which is a problem because then I, I end up in a situation where in, in, the, in the later rounds, I have to push my luck because I know I'm behind. <laughs> but yeah, so much fun with Diamant. I had such a good time. Even on Board Game Arena, I played this with friends, with the werewolf group and so on. We had a really good time with uh, with just, you know, you know trying to um, entice each other to... To like go further. Oh, you can do it. You can go one more. And everyone has two cards in the physical form. Yeah, or in the board game arena as well. You have two cards. One to go home. One to go further. And everyone reveals at the same time. And it's always that fun. Like, oh, is is, is that guy gonna go home or not? So, you know, because when you go home as well, if you go home alone, you will get to everything that's on the way that nobody has so far. Because they're gentlemen, they always share equally. So there will be diamonds and so on laying on the track as you keep going. There's also artifacts that you only get if you're the only one going home. So if two people go home at the same time, nobody gets the artifact. Uh, really, really, really fun push-your-luck game. I can recommend this to anyone. I mean, play with kids, play with family, 
non-gamers, play with gamers. Everyone can have a good time with this. And it absolutely deserves a spot on the list here. I don't know why it fell off last year. It was weird. But it's 51. It is the last one I am going to mention in today's episode here. And I've been trying to keep the tempo up a little bit more today because the last one was a bit long. I think I should keep it under an hour for 25 games, right? That's, uh, well, that's two minutes per game plus some introduction and all that. So that is the list. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, next Sunday there will not be an episode, we will take a break and then we'll be back the Sunday after that uh, for the last two, the top 50. In the top 25 we will also have Andreas and Mats here on. Uh, hopefully, we're not having to, I'm not sure yet, but hopefully we will be sitting in the studio together. <laughs> Otherwise we'll do it via Zoom, but I hope we can be together and do it. And that's going to be a long one. That's going to be a long one because that's going to be basically 75 games, like 25 times 3. And then Draco's going to chime in with his opinions and we're going to have a back and forth. And we might have some crossovers. I think we'll have some crossovers. But that's coming later. And on in two weeks, it's going to be the 50 to 26. Uh, that's really good games, people. That's, that's in my top 50 of all time. So thank you so much for watching this episode. If you watch this afterwards, tell me in the comment section uh, what you thought about my game picks. Do you like these games? Do you have any uh, suggestions for games and so on? Maybe there's a game out there that I have missed that I really should play because maybe maybe you know a game that because I like Diamond, maybe I should play something else. Maybe you can recommend some games for me and for the other people in the comment section as well. And if you enjoy what we're doing here on the channel, you can subscribe to the channel to support us and also get notifications from YouTube when we post new videos. And thumb up the video as well if you want to, because that way we, it will help sort of with the YouTube algorithm and all that for people to find this video. All right, thank you so much for watching. Um, I will take one minute here to see if the chat has anything to add. Andreas claims he's going to be the fastest. I don't really believe that. I don't know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I can recommend that. Like Mikael saying here, he's going to make his own top list in time for the top 25. I can recommend everyone to do top lists. Like, it doesn't have to be top 100. Uh, you don't need to make videos about it or whatever. But it's really fun to rank games. If you played a bunch of games, you know, it's really fun to rank them against each other. And just, because then you're sitting there and doing the list, you're, you're starting to remember fun occasions you had with your friends playing different games. And that, that's, that's, a, that's a fun experience too. It's kind of look like, you know, our grandparents or our parents, they looked in these like photo albums like, oh, do you remember when we went on this trip? It's kind of the same idea, right? You're looking at the board game geek and you're like, oh, I remember playing that game. That was so much fun. Yeah, really good time. And also I would say, if you, um, I, I assume most people watching, you know, you're on Board Game Geek. But if you're not on Board Game Geek, you know, this Board Game Geek is such a good way because you can have your own list there. You can make your rankings. You can have scoring for all your games and all that. So BoardGameGeek.com, of course, I do want to recommend that. And uh, and also, before we end, I do want to say a big thank you as well to GameManiacs.se, our main sponsor, game shop in Sweden. If you live in the Nordic countries, you should buy your games over at GameManiacs.se. Thank you so much for watching everyone. Have a great evening or morning or whatever you're watching. Take care. Bye bye.